Today in the Joy in the Word podcast, we pick up in the book of the prophet Jeremiah, and we're in chapter 17, and it's a continued discussion of the day of disaster that we were discussing in chapter 16. It begins by saying Judah's sin is engraved with an iron tool, inscribed with a flint point, on the tablets of their hearts and on the horns of their altars. So their condition is written with essentially permanent ink. That's how severe that the state of their lives are. Now he says not only about their hearts, but about their altars. He's pointing out that the depravity of their life has even transitioned into honoring and worshiping these pagan gods. He goes on to describe how they worship pagan gods under every spreading tree, on the high hills, with their plunder, with everything that they are. It says, because of sin throughout your country, through your own fault, you will lose the inheritance I gave you. I will enslave you to your enemies in a land you do not know. And then picking up in verse 5, the Lord gives two things. On one hand, he says, cursed is the one who trusts in man, who depends on flesh for his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. It says that person will be like a bush in the wastelands. He will see no prosperity when it comes. He will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. And then he goes on to contrast that person by saying, But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream. So the cursed man that trusts in the flesh remember, will be like a bush in the wasteland, so dry with no water. But the blessed man that puts his trust in the Lord is like a tree planted by the water. It says that that tree, that person, will not fear when heat comes. Its leaves will always be green. It has no worries in a year of drought. It never fails to bear fruit. Then picking up in verse 9, Jeremiah makes a statement. He says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. So then he asks the question, who can understand it? And then the Lord gives the answer, I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward a man according to his conduct, according to what his deeds deserve. And then he goes on to explain that statement. Then in verses 12 through 18 is what's known as the fourth of Jeremiah's confessions. And here he's describing who the Lord is. He says, A glorious throne exalted from the beginning is the place of our sanctuary. O Lord, the hope of Israel, all who forsake you will be put to shame. Those who turn away from you will be written in the dust, because they have forsaken the Lord, the spring of living water. And he goes on to say, Heal me, O Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved for you are the one I praise. Then in verse 15 through 18, Jeremiah is asking the Lord to be a refuge to him in his day of disaster because he knows people are coming against him for the word of the Lord that he's speaking. Then moving on to verse 19, the rest of the chapter is entitled, Keeping the Sabbath Holy. And the Lord is telling Jeremiah, go, stand at the gate, the one where the people go through and tell them this. Say, hear the word of the Lord, O kings of Judah and all the people of Judah, everyone living in Jerusalem. It says, this is what the Lord says. Be careful not to carry a load on the Sabbath day 
or bring it through the gates of Jerusalem. Basically, this being symbolic of don't do any work on the Sabbath. This is the day of rest, a day of restoration, a day of keeping the Sabbath holy, of being with the Lord only. Then the Lord has Jeremiah tell the people that if you are careful to obey me and bring no load through the gates on the city and do no work and keep the Sabbath day holy, then kings who sit on David's throne will come through the gates of this city. They and their officials will be blessed. It says they will ride chariots and horses and the people from everywhere, from all the territories will be blessed. But if you do not obey me, if you do not keep the Sabbath day, it says, then I will kindle an unquenchable fire in the gates of Jerusalem that will consume all of her fortresses. Then moving on to chapter 18, this one is entitled At the Potter's House. And it says, this is the word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah. Go down to the potter's house and there I will give you my message. So I went to the potter's house and I saw him working at the wheel, but the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot shaping it as seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter does, declares the Lord, like clay in the hands of the potter. So are you in my hand, O house of Israel. We can read this very thing in the book of Romans and a discussion about God's sovereignty. It's talking about who can resist God's will. It says, but who are you, O man, to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to him who formed it, Why did you make me like this? Does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for noble purposes and some for common use? Basically, God is the potter and we are the clay, and however he chooses to use us, we can trust that he is good and that his plans for us are good, and that because he is sovereign and because he loves us, that the purpose that he has for us, even if it seems hard, even if it hurts at the time, is truly what is best. So back in Jeremiah, that's why he says, Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. If at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, or destroyed, and if that nation I warn repents of its evil, then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I had planned. And if at another time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be built up and planted, and if it does evil in my sight and does not obey me, then I will reconsider the good I had intended for it. So this goes back to the beginning of Jeremiah when he's talking about calling Jeremiah to speak about things being uprooted and torn down and destroyed, and also that there would be a time of building and planting. And he uses those same words here. And he is again speaking in regard to both people and nations. Now, picking up in verse 11, it says, Now, therefore, say to the people of Judah and those living in Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says, Look, I am preparing a disaster for you and devising a plan against you. So turn from your evil ways, each one of you, and reform your ways and your actions. But they will reply, It's no use. We will continue with our own plans, each of us will follow the stubbornness of his evil heart. Therefore, this is what the Lord says, inquire among the nations, who has ever heard anything like this? A most horrible thing has been done by virgin Israel. So he goes through and continues to discuss all of the things that they do, all of the ways that they forsake the Lord and why the day of disaster will come. 
And then verse 18 says, they said, come, let's make plans against Jeremiah for the teaching of the law by the priest will not be lost, nor will counsel from the wise, nor from the prophets. So let us attack him with our tongues and pay no attention to anything he says. So he spent all of this time speaking the word of the Lord in truth to the people about the disaster that would come and how they could repent. And it said nothing like this had ever happened before. And yet their response to it was, let's attack Jeremiah for saying these things. And then Jeremiah asks the Lord to protect him because of what his accusers are saying. So the chapter ends with Jeremiah's request. But you know, O Lord, all their plots to kill me. Do not forgive their crimes or blot out their sins from your sight. Let them be overthrown before you. Deal with them in the time of your anger. And that ends chapter 18. We'll pick up next time in Jeremiah chapter 19.